welcome back to another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. This one, the grand final edition. Here with me to discuss the Richmond v Geelong matchup. It's Shamsia, the Geelong supporter, Paddy, the Richmond supporter, and two neutrals, Jonathan and Eli. How are we all? Are we excited or what? Super excited and scared at the same time. I can absolutely imagine. I can absolutely imagine. It's. I don't think it's the grand final many people were predicting. I know it's the grand final I certainly wasn't predicting because um, I definitely underestimated Geelong and I owe Geelong a massive apology for that. They have vastly outperformed the expectations that I had for them at least. Uh, I remember saying first first episode of the of the podcast for the final series um i said that geelong were going to be eliminated straight sets and well egg on my face egg on my face cheers to that before we get into this grand final uh the two teams what they need to look out for what they'll be focusing on let's ask more general questions about this grand final and I'll start off with this one, guys. Which team is under the most pressure to win? I know kind of weird question because every team in a grand final is technically under pressure to win. But for one of these two teams, winning is going to be just that much more, you know, scrutinized. If they lose, it's going to be a little bit more scrutinized. Which team do you think that is? Jonathan, I'll let you start. Is it the Tigers or the Cats under the more, most pressure to win? Yeah, well, it's an interesting one because for some reason I feel like there's less pressure going into this. I feel like um, it, it's just, it's it you know, being in Victoria at the moment, it does seem so, so much different to the other uh, grand finals. You know, there was no parade today. Um, there's nothing happening at the MCG or any, anything like that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit different. I guess you'd have to say that... Um, Richmond coming off uh, last year's grand final win and you know I, I guess a lot of a lot of fans are, are sick of the success that Richmond have proven um, but yeah I, I guess in that sense they, they're under more pressure I don't know if you if you'd call it pressure um, maybe expectation I guess um, Geelong like you said you we a lot of people expected them uh, not to make the grand final they kind of had them as the, the fourth favorite out of the top four teams um, and here they are. So I, I don't think they would see that as pressure. Um, I would see it as they know that they're capable of getting this far. Um, all they have to do is get through one match of footy and, and they got the, uh, the premiership. So the, the pressure does come from, from guys like Patrick Dangerfield, who's never won a grand final, the uh, um, you know, more, most finals appearances without an actual premiership is... Um, a pretty alarming statistic. Gary Ablett's last game as well. So the, all those things have like little pressures, but I, overall, I, I don't think it's, it's too much. Um, I think it'll just be, uh, you know, it'll just be more excitement. They'll just be ready to, to go at each other. Eli? Yeah, I tend to agree. It's a bit of a sort of up in arms with that one. You can't really split. Um, I think if you look at both teams, what's at stake? Richmond have the... Uh, a sort of 10-year plan that Brennan Gale outlined to get the three flags um, by 2020. Um, Crazy. It, 
they're probably favorites I'd expect. Um, so, but I still don't think it's pressure really. Like when it comes to grand finals, any team can win. Whatever happens, happens. And but with Geelong, yeah, like Jonathan said, what's at stake? I mean, Dangerfield wants his uh, wants his flag, but um, Ablett's capping off. Well, he's he's easily the best player that I've ever seen play. So um, I'd love to see him finish with the grand final. But yeah, I don't think either team's under more pressure. Um, I think it's just as a as you said a neutral fan, um, he, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if either team wins. So, yeah, just hoping for a good game, really. Shamsia, how about for you? Uh, look, I think as a Geelong fan, um, you know, seeing the Richmond side as well, I think both of the teams are pretty capable of, I guess, pulling off the game, like playing a really good game. Um, but as Jonathan and Eli touched base, um, it's, you know, Danger, uh, Danger's first um, grand final. So I think the pressure might be a little from our side and also Gary Ablett's last game, um, you know, since he left Geelong and came back. Um, so I think the pressure will definitely be on our end. But then again, both of the teams are a fantastic um, team and anything could happen in the grand final. Just really excited and hope that um, it's the cat, the cats that the the small cats, not the big cats, can pull off the game in the end. The house cats instead of the uh, the wild ones. Wild Patty, cats, how about yeah. how about for you? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like being a grand final, I think there's pressure enough regardless. But I do think the Gary Ablett factor will really ramp it up for Geelong because there's so much riding on it. Like. They'll be thinking right now, despite themselves, about how good it will be cheering Gary Ablett off after winning the Premiership Cup. And I, I think you'd be too, uh, Sham. So it's, I think that's quite, a, not so much a pressure, but a stress, um, which will be hanging over their head. But then again, I think there's pressure on Richmond purely because they've been there before twice, you know, have gone two and zip in their, in their grand finals thus far. But... Look, I think once you're there on the day, you're there on the day, whatever happens, happens. And as long as you don't necessarily capitulate, as we've seen with the Giants and Adelaide in recent times, you should be okay. Should? We'll see how we go. Should being the key word in that sentence there. I think uh, I agree with Shamsia that Geelong is under the most amount of pressure. And that's for the reason that all you guys touched upon. It's Gary Ablett's last game. You know, you don't. Gary Ablett is a once-in-a-generation player. And for nearly 20 years, Siggy, what, debuted in 2002? So, yeah, nearly 20 years, he's been wowing us on the football field, doing things that just seem almost magical, right? It's like, he has a, it's like he's a wizard, and he just controls the pill with a wand. It's just absolutely unbelievable, the goals he kicks, the marks he takes. It's just, there's, there's hasn't been a player like him so far this century. And that's saying a lot, considering that this century has also had Luke Hodge, Chris Judd, Ben Cousins for the few seasons that he was playing. But I think that Gary Ablett, in my opinion, the best player of the 21st century to date, They'll want to send him off with a with a premiership victory, but also 
once he's gone, and there's rumors that Harry Taylor might be, could be retiring yeah. as well, possibly, maybe. I don't know who Geelong has that can replace those two players. And those two players are very key and integral. And so it might take a couple of seasons for Geelong to develop a key defender and a key gun midfielder, which means that this could be for the next two or three seasons, their last shot at winning and their last proper shot at winning a premiership for at least a couple more seasons. So for that reason, like Richmond and Richmond's players, they have so much depth, the Tigers, they can lose this grand final. They can lose next year's grand final. And you would think that they would still win a premiership in the next few seasons. Like they are just that talented. Tigers don't have anything to worry about, but Geelong did the clock is ticking. Uh, You can't replace Gary Ablett with, I don't know, Jack Henry. You just can't do it. You can't do it. Not yet. Not yet, at least. Not everyone's head will shine brighter than his in the field. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. That's very true. It is a magnificent shine. Um, who deserves to be premiership favourite? I think, Eli, you mentioned that it that the Tigers would be heading into this game as uh, as the favourites to win this flag, but do you think they deserve to be favourites? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, for reasons we'll touch on a bit later as well, but um, just the conditions of the night, I'm pretty sure. Just I can't say Richmond, um, I can't say Richmond losing. Um, but I would not be surprised if Geelong gets up. It's it's one of those things where Geelong have played exceptionally well the last two weeks and for much of the season as well. Um, but when you look at, they dismantled Collingwood, they dismantled my favourite Brisbane Lions. Um, our pressure, especially last week, just wasn't there. Um, and I just don't think they're going to be able to move the ball the way that they are, they've, they've been able to the last two weeks against Richmond because their pressure is much better. Um, the way they move the ball is much different and much more efficient than obviously the last two teams still have come, uh, come up against. And yeah, look, Richmond have had a really good season. They started slow when, um, when we returned, but they've had players out, um, players in there to form. So um, I think they've, they've started, they're starting to peak at the right time and um, definitely deserve to be favourites and especially just with history as well. They've been the best team in the competition for the last four seasons and, um, as much as I'd love to see Geelong win, I think uh, Richmond will still probably get up and they definitely deserve to be favourites. Jonathan? Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, yeah, you, you don't win three of the last four grand finals, uh, three of the last four premierships and, and not go into this one um, as the favourites. Um, well, two of the last three, sorry. Did I get that right? Um, yep. But, yeah, no, and, and um, just like Eli said, uh, peaking at the right time, that's generally how the, how the season goes. This one especially, um, both teams had to do it the hard way. So, you know, and, and I think that that really did play into Richmond's favour as well. Um, we know how good they are at adjusting their game plan, especially when they know the team they're coming up against. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do think they deserve to be favourites. Um, and yeah, I think Geelong do go in as underdogs in a way, purely based on Richmond's success in the last few years. But yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting um, to see what kind of match we get because um, Geelong definitely have the talent 
to take it to them. They definitely have the talent to be um, premiers this season. And the hunger. Um, I just, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's hard to, in my mind, it's hard to see them matching up. Like, I hope they do, but it's, it's yeah, it's hard to see them taking it to them. Patty, how about for you? Yeah, um, I think I'd have to agree with most of the points made here about Richmond's experience on the day, the weather, the, I think, the Port Adelaide game is really shocking for me to see Richmond win it um, and see the way they won it, playing this clearance style in the second half, which was just a complete curveball to what they've been doing the rest of the, this season. So I think that's the big question. And it's the reason why I'd probably, if I'm trying to take all my bias out of it, which is a hard thing to do, um, just think on the basis of previous performance, the way they were they were able to beat Geelong earlier in the year, both teams getting more some players back, though Geelong will probably get the better group compared to the Tigers. So, yeah, I think you have to go with Richmond as favourites, but it isn't a f- decent margin. It's fairly close, and I expect it to be really close. Shamsia, how about you? Are your cats underdogs or are they the favourites in your opinion? Um, look, I think what the rest of the um, the team member discussed is quite relevant. Um, the Tigers are very familiar with the day. Uh, you know, they've been playing grand finals in the last four years. Um, but if you look at history, um, we know that, you know, after three premierships that, you know, it stops. So, you know, like for example, the Lions, they won three in a row. And then on the fourth, they were just um, kicked out. Um, so I'm heavily relying on um, on the fact that we're more hungry than the Richmond um, when it comes to this game, especially when, you know, um, Gary Ablett is retiring and Paddy's first grand final. Um, I think we're much more hungrier um, uh, and eager to win this game than the Tigers, but it's not to put my biased opinion, I guess. Um, I think the Tigers might have a chance of winning. Um, but then again, you know, it's a game. I mean, I always say the things I always <sighs> say the things that I hope it wouldn't happen. So if I if I said it's the Tigers that's gonna win, um, usually the opposite team wins. So I'm just gonna go with that. So I think the Tigers would be the favorite, yeah. Um, but definitely would hope to see the Cats win. Don't trust your instincts. Love absolutely love that technique. Uh, I do that all the time with my bombers all the time. Can never, ever, ever tip them properly. I can't imagine what my tipping would be like if Essendon were actually good. Uh, But this particular grand final matchup, I think I'm going to go with Geelong should be the favourites here. Just because of the final series, if you look at the final, Geelong were unlucky to lose against Port Adelaide. Right, If Tom Hawkins kicked straight, if he, had kick, if he had his kicking boots on, they would have won that game, right? And they would have won. It would have been close, but they would have won that matchup. And they demolished, no offense to Eli, but they crushed Brisbane. 
Richmond, on the other hand, their loss against Brisbane, yeah, you'd say that Brisbane absolutely deserved to win that one. And the Tigers, not knocking the win against Port Adelaide, but I reckon any time a team loses, or wins, sorry, by a six points or less, it's a lucky victory. You know, one, if, if the ball bounced a certain way, or if, if, it, if the umpires paid a free kick instead of paying another free kick, if something happened just slightly different during the course of the game, Port Adelaide would be in the grand final instead of Richmond. Because Geelong has been more impressive thus far this final series, I think Geelong deserves to be favourites heading into this game. Doesn't mean I'm going to tip them. Who knows? We'll get to that later on in the podcast. But first, we should discuss the weather. Supposed to be wet and wild in the Queensland capital for this particular game. Could be a chance of thunderstorms. So it could be, and wouldn't this be apt for the year 2020 was, could the game be delayed if there is a thunderstorm <laughs> and if there's a lightning storm and it doesn't, and it doesn't dissipate within a certain time frame? They could delay the game. You know, could have a grand final. If the final. game gets delayed, if the game gets delayed, I think you will uh, perfectly summarize the year. Absolutely. 2020. Absolutely. 100%. We could have a grand final, a midweek grand final to finish off the game or to, have, or to play the game if you can't play it on Saturday night. Tuesday night grand final. Wouldn't that be something? A Wednesday night decider. Oh, goodness gracious me, football gods. What are you doing to us? But... My question to you guys, will the weather have a massive impact on the result of this game? And if so, who will it favour? Will it favour Geelong or will it favour Richmond? Paddy, I'll let you start. Jeez. Um, I feel like both sides will be very well prepared for it, purely because they've spent the year in Queensland where it's been very moist at night. Um, Casper, you'd remember the game where Geelong went to WA, played against Fremantle, um, where it was absolutely hosing down. Freer only kicked the two or three goals. Um, so I think, and Richmond historically, especially in the last couple of years, have been very hard to beat in the wet. Um, I think it comes down in the end to the structure of the sides. Um, the Ruckman probably their, full, their forward line. I think Geelong with Tom Hawkins and then the likes of Ablett, Myers, Gary Rowan at, his, at, at Hawkins' feet on a wet night where Hawkins is going to be able to ring the ball to ground because he's too strong for anyone else in the competition, really. That's going to be really dangerous for the Tigers. But then again, likewise, if you look up the other end, the likes of Castagna, Rioli, Bolton, at the feet of Rewat and Lynch. It's, it's going to be, again, I think it's close. I would just probably take Geelong over Richmond purely as they've got the one key forward set up, which allows them more pace at ground level. But I don't know. I wouldn't feel comfortable announcing one side over the other because I think both are pretty well suited. Shamsia, how about in your opinion? I think as um, Pat said, um, Geelong does play, I'm not saying this because I'm a Geelong fan, but we do play well uh, when it's, uh, you know, rainy and wet, the field. Um, 
so I think we might have a chance. And I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about this earlier this week and I said, I was hoping for it to be raining because we do play quite well. Uh, you know, we, we, we do play quality footy when the weather was wet. Um, and I just, yeah, I just, I think, I mean, anything is possible. It's 2020. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Geelong smashes um, Tigers by 50 points or vice versa. Um, it's a game. <laughs> it's a game. Um, uh, anything is possible. Um, but I think Geelong might have a chance in here uh, if the weather is wet. Yeah. Jonathan? Yeah, these are very interesting calls because I've always seen Richmond as a dominant team when it's slippery. Um, I've always seen them as a dominant team when the ball's on the ground and they're running with it. I feel like that plays perfectly into their game plan. Um, that's the way their mids like to do it. That's the way Dustin Martin likes to do it. Um, Geelong this year, um, we've seen a very high possessive game. They like to kick it. They like to mark it. It's the slow build up from back half and then they bring it forward and then they hit Tom Hawkins in, in the forward line and that's kind of how they've dominated this season. I don't feel like they're going to be able to go with that same game plan if it's wet. I feel like the ball's going to be slippery. Um, we won't see that many you know, uncontested marks. It'll be very um, fast-paced and I, I feel like there's a danger that Geelong can get sucked into that kind of pressure from Richmond that they play on the ball. So it's, it's going to be a, a very important factor is how Geelong manage that, how they manage the pace through the midfield. Um, I think in the end, that's what the, this game's going to come down to. Um, you know, you always like to say, oh, the conditions won't, won't matter. They won't play a part. It's, it's a, you know, but it does. It, um, it always does. And um, I, I say that as a West Coast man, we'd like to play a very high possessive game as well. Um, play Richmond and then as soon as there's the first drop of rain or there's a bit of dew on the pitch or whatever it's it's all out the window and Richmond won by 50 points so I do favor Richmond when it comes to the conditions at night time in Brisbane. <laughs> Eli? Yeah gonna agree with Jonathan here um, I think if it rains it very much suits Richmond uh, not to say yeah as, as Pat said Geelong would definitely be prepared for it um, but if you if you look at their form the last couple of weeks, Casper, and why you think they're favourites, the way they've played against Collingwood, the way they've played against Brisbane, they've been able to squeeze both teams in their uh, defensive half. So when they exit, they're just kicking along down the line to a contest and then Geelong are able to get numbers back around the contest. When it comes to ground, handball, 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 kick, stop. Um, and when it comes to um, the way Richmond move the ball forward, they're not going to slow down too much. Um, obviously, at times they're going to have to, but... Um, they, they have more dangerous players around the ground. So Geelong aren't going to be able to stop it too much down sort of center wing and then rebound it back in. Um, if it is wet because, yeah, it's going to be greasier. The handballs won't be easy. They won't be hitting targets. Um, but Richmond's pressure is just going to be much more manic than Collingwood's and Brisbane's were. Um, and you mentioned uh, guys like uh, Ablett, Myers, Rowan. Um, you look at the defenders for Richmond and uh, you've got Baker, Hawley. Uh, Grimes is phenomenal on the ground as well. Um, I, I think they're going to absolutely match it. And then going forward, it will be interesting to see how Rebolt and Lynch go. Um, but they're both, I hate to say, but they're both phenomenal players. So um, they're going to find a way to bring their smalls into it. Um, 
I'd be very surprised if Riola doesn't have, have a big game because I do think he's very overrated and he does very little. But um, all it takes for him is to have, much like Charlie Cameron, just five minutes of brilliance and he can pop up and kick two goals. And um, like like Ken Lambert, that could be the game in the end. So um, I definitely think that the wet weather will favour Richmond. Um, but of course, Geelong will be ready for it. Um, the Jew is going to be there anyway. So if it doesn't rain, it's still going to be somewhat somewhat slippery. But um, yeah, Richmond definitely make the most of the uh, the wet weather. Yeah. Um, hmm. I guess this is the one kind of caveat to me saying that Geelong should be favourites based on form. I think Richmond... I'm kind of jumping the gun here because we'll we'll get into we we'll get into next who's going to win the grand final. But I'll say who I'm going to who I who I'm tipping right now. I'm tipping the Tigers to win, and the, and the reason is is because I think that their players are cleaner in the wet. I think their players are better at ground level, and I I trust their small forwards better than I trust the small forwards of Geelong. So I think if with Geelong, if Tom Hawkins doesn't have a good game, then Geelong are going to struggle. But if Tom Lynch and Jack Rewalt, I guess that's also kind of the advantage of having two big forwards is that if one doesn't have a good game, you can kind of rely on the other one. But even if both Lynch and Rewalt have a bad game, you've got the likes of Prestia. You have, um, uh, goodness gracious me, Pickett as well. You've got Rioli. Those are formidable names, and to have them all as goal kicking options is is incredible for the Tigers, especially Prestia streaming from the midfield into the forward line. Such a short ground, the Gabba. Um, that's a massive weapon for Richmond. So I think that's ultimately why I'm tipping the Tigers, and I kind of jumped the gun a little bit. But who do you guys think is going to win the grand final? Shamsia, I'll start with you. Will it be Geelong's day or will the Tigers win their third in four years? Um, yeah. Why you have to put me under so much pressure? I'm already um, nervous about this. Uh, look, I think um, the Tigers will be the favourites for sure. But I think we'll come more hungry than ever. And I think I think that hunger will keep us going. If 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 Tom Hawkins can actually keep an eye on the ball and watch his um, you know, kicks and if he can manage to kick a few goals without, you know, missing or hitting the pole, we might have a chance of winning. We do have a good defender and good midfield. It's just that I think in the last in the, in the finals, we've seen that Tom Hawkins has missed quite a lot of uh, goals. And that's one thing that I'm really scared, that if he doesn't bring his game uh, boots on, in the, on the field, then we might be in trouble. But having said that, I think, um, I personally think, I think we play quite well uh, when it comes to wet weather. Um, I think the team will want to see uh, Gary Ablett walk off from the field for the last time, you know, with a medal around his uh, neck. So I think we might have a chance of pulling this game off. Yeah, so I'll, I'll definitely tip the Cats um, as a fan and also, um, you know, based on my guts, I think, my instinct. 
do you have a margin in mind? By how much will Geelong win by? I think we might have a chance of winning maybe by 19 points. Okay, 19 points. A good, good grand final that will be. Paddy? I, oh God, I don't actually, me tipping it either way will jinx it. Um, so I'm going to say, I just hope everyone has fun and handball it over. You're not getting away that easy, Patty. Come oh, on. God. All right. Um, I thought you played Richmond well there. Richmond by 11 points. Okay. Okay. Fair ah. enough. Fair enough. Hope everyone has fun. Jonathan, how about you? Um... Yeah, look, there's a lot of stories in this in this match. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stories to come out of it. Gary Ablett's last game, Patrick Dangerfield's first grand final, uh, could be Joel Selwood's first premiership as captain. Um, obviously, he's part of that 2017. Um, Hawkins and Ablett were also part of that 2017, um, or at least the squad. Um, and then I think there's only one player in Richmond's team that haven't won hasn't won a grand final and that's Noah Bolter um which is just that's crazy to me um so yeah I think it's more emotionally charged from Geelong they they want to have that fairy tale finish they, they want they want it um but I just can't see Richmond losing unfortunately I'll be rooting for Geelong and it'll be amazing if they can get up but unfortunately I can't see Richmond losing and I think they'll win by a few goals and I think their their form in the in the grand finals, the last two that they won, they they managed to to just outplay the opposition completely. And I hope we don't see that. Um but yeah, I, I can't help but tip it. <laughs> Eli. Yeah, I'm gonna be the outlier on this one. Um again as a neutral fan, you always love just a good grand final. Um much like twenty eighteen I was just one of the best grand finals that I've seen. Um, and you just love to see that. But I'm going to go Richmond by six goals. Um, they're going to kick away, I think. Uh, Rich, uh, Geelong's hunger. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Shamsia. Um, Geelong's hunger will be there for the first half. Um, but I, I think Richmond are just, just much... This is going to be much better on the night. Um, and, yeah... If you want a Norm Smith prediction as well, I'm going to go Shy Bolton. I think he's going to have an absolute ripper. He's going to kick a couple of goals and find plenty of it on the outside. Um, so, yeah, I, I just can't see Richmond losing, but I'd love a good game. Thanks, Eli. Well, that really helped. <laughs> no offence, Eli, but oh. I really hope you're wrong with that margin. Me too. Same. Me too. Same. Trust I me. Don't. <laughs> I can't deal with another blowout grand final. I just can't. After last year, that was just, oh, that was painful to watch. And I was watching that as someone who was hoping the Tigers would win last year's grand final. I can't imagine being like a giant supporter watching that. It was just, oh, it was very painful. But hopefully it will be a good game. Fingers crossed. First goal scorer and Norm Smith medalist. Jonathan, I'll let you start with this one. Well, I'm sure you're going to mention it. Patty, but there's a little stat surrounding the uh, first goal scorer going back to um, a yeah. while ago. Um, so with that in mind, yep. I'm going with Barry Ablett. 
for the first goal. <laughs> That'd be huge. Um, which would be awesome. It would just be an incredible moment. Um, it's a, it's a shame there there can't be a, a a home ground or a Victorian ovation for it, but it um, it would just make a lot of people very happy. Neutral um, supporters as well. Norm Smith is an interesting one because um, I, I can't go past Dustin Martin. Um, although he did get it last year a bit a bit unfairly almost. Um, but yeah, and you, you still got those guys like Bachar Hooli who, who he'll be out for um, vengeance almost um, from his, uh, his robbery in that last grand final. But yeah, I'll go with that. I'll lock that in. Bachar Hooli. I think he's, he's very consistent and he's, um, he's ready to get it. Love it, Bachar. Eli, how about you? Yeah, so Shy Bolton, my Norm Smith tip. Um, we're just going to get off the leash and have a big one. Um, he's been a little disappointing uh, in terms of some of his disciplinary acts during the final series. Um, so I think he's just going to really turn around and have a massive one. And first goal scorer, I'm uh, somewhat obscure, but I'm going to go Mitch Duncan. Um, oh. uh, I think it might just be a bit of a stalemate early and we'll just creep forward and kick one from probably just inside 50 maybe. I don't know. Um, just something a bit different. I'm going to go Mitch Duncan. Dark horse. Dark horse. I like it. Shamsia, <laughs> first goal scorer and Norm Smith medalist. Uh, I would go with um, Paddy to kick the first goal. Paddy Dangerfield. And the Norm Smith medal, Geelong wins. I would definitely go with Paddy again. Or for the Tigers, uh, Hoodie. Because I'm, ju- just, I'm just sick of Dusty. I'm just sick of hearing his name. That's all I know. I don't even know any other players except Revolt, but Dusty is all I hear. And I think Basher definitely deserves to win um, the Norm Smith. Patty? Yeah, so I think we're going to get, uh, look, I've got no idea if we're going to break in that first goal scorer streak, but I'll go Reese Stanley for first goal scorer, sneaking forward. I reckon Geelong might do that a few times. And Normie, I reckon I'm going to go Shane Edwards. Very good in finals, very good in grand finals. Very interesting. So a couple of dark horse tips in there, guys. I like it. I think for me, uh, I'm tipping, how about this, right? Only, uh, see if I can remember this off the top of my head, Morris Rioli in the 82 grand final. Nice. Uh, Chris Judd in the 2005 Grand Final. I think those two players are the only players in the history of the game. Oh, I'm sorry, Nathan Buckley in, I think, 2002. They're the yep. only players, those three, only players Robbery. in the history of the game to win a Norm Smith medal in a losing team. And I think Paddy Dangerfield will join them. This game, big occasion, is just meant for him. Just absolutely meant for him. It's like it's his destiny to play in a grand final. Couldn't get there with the Crows, and now he's finally there with the Cats. He'll get 35 disposals, even in a shortened game. He will absolutely tear it up. And speaking of streaks, we alluded to this one earlier. I think this streak comes to an end. I'm tipping the Tigers to get the first goal of the game and to win the grand final. Tom Lynch to get the first one, look, he's not your favorite tiger. He's not my favorite tiger, right? He's the controversial tiger. But he played such a great final series last year. In this final series, he's been pretty good as well. 
you know, he's, he's not been too bad. I thought he was pretty great against Port Adelaide. Actually, I thought he was very good, even if he did have a drink thrown on him. I thought he was pretty good. So I think that the Tigers will get the first goal through Tom Lynch and Dangerfield will just tear it up in the midfield. And the Tigers to get the Premiership Cup. Now, to touch upon streaks, lots of very interesting streaks heading into this one. And unfortunately, a lot of them, not a lot of them, but a few of them do point towards a Tiger Premiership, including this one. Only twice before the 2020 uh, season had a grand final been played between two teams who hadn't finished first or second in that season. Those seasons were 1980, where Richmond crushed Collingwood in the grand final, and 2019, where Richmond beat GWS in the grand final. And now it's 2020, and Richmond are playing once again. Could it be three from three? Who knows? Would Geelong break that streak? I don't know. This is just fascinating to me, as is the fact that the first goal scorer, we've been alluding to this the whole time. If you're listening and you don't know the streak, you're probably thinking, what streak are they talking about? 2013 was the last grand final where the first goal scorer, team that scored the first goal, went on to win. Jack Gunston, I think, kicked the first goal of the game that particular day for the Hawks against Fremantle, and obviously went on to win. Every single team that's kicked the first goal of the grand final since then has gone on to lose, which is an incredible stat. For me, anyways, it's just, it's such a weird, peculiar streak, and I don't quite know why that is. It just is the way it is. It is the way it is. Another streak, had the Giants won last year, there would have also been another streak heading into this game, where 2016, 2017, 2018, and if the Giants had won last year's grand final, it would have been 2019 that the premiership was won by the team that won the Saturday prelim final. But of course, the Giants squandered that last year. So, very interesting streaks heading into this one, guys. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if Geelong can uh, can break that break that streak that 1980-2019 grand final streak. be very interesting to see if they can do that. So moving on to uh, the any other streaks, by the way, that I missed. Any other streaks that you guys found? Anything that you want to mention? I saw something on Facebook um, on one of those uh, footy shows uh, pages that said, Geelong has never lost any game at the Gabba during um, the last four or five years. I can remember it right. So, pretty sure Brisbane. I gave that a I think, Sorry? second last round. Yeah. Last yeah. round. I think. I think Can they. Remember. I think the streak is that Geelong has Can lost at the Gabba this year. So they haven't lost at the Gabba this year. Richmond's Richmond's record at the Gabba is uh, almost equally as good this season, only dropping the one game, being the qualifying final. So yeah, it should be interesting. Both teams, very good, very strong record at this ground. So you can't say one team is better than the other at this particular, at this home ground. You know, it's not like, um, not like those uh, non-Victorian teams having to play a Victorian team at the, uh, at the G. Not that type of situation this year. So it'll be very interesting indeed. Um, Maybe if- we'll have a crack at um, breaking, you know, uh, the streak because we did break the... Um- Cannot curse after that eleven game. So, 
hey, maybe we, we will have a chance of breaking Jeez, this week. What a, not, what a, not, not a curse you wanted to break, though. What a crazy winning streak that was for you guys, that kind of curse. 11, what was it, 12 straight wins you had against the Hawks? 11 straight wins? 11, that was just was 11, 11 yeah. straight victories you had against Hawthorne. That's just absolutely... I can't amazing. forget the um, Hawkins goal after the siren. That's, that's forever in my head. Oh, what a goal that was. What a goal and if was. we lose tomorrow, God forbid, if we lose tomorrow, I'll be watching that uh, episode where we actually kicked the goal and we won. It always makes me feel good. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, uh, MVD, sorry if you're listening to this, but um, not going to lie, as an Essendon supporter, that clip of you guys losing and the after the siren also makes me very happy. Uh, no offense. No offense. But I just love, I just love as well, I wish Dennis Committee was still commentating because that, oh, yeah. that, that commentary, that moment just symbolized how great he was. How about that? The cat is still on the back. Ah, oh, jeez. Absolutely you know, criminal that Anthony Hudson has not been heard this whole final series. Oh, and that we've been stuck with Bruce and BT. Absolutely criminal. Tell me that. Absolutely tell and me that. And, and Bruce is going to be in full flight. Um, he's going to be love and dusty. He's going to be love and danger. Yeah. And I'm not, look, not really looking forward to that. There's been times I've been tempted to just turn on the Triple M commentary on the radio. And hopefully it's as live as possible. Um, because it's just terrible. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I don't like the Channel 7 commentary team. Except for Luke Hodge. He absolutely saves it. Hopefully yeah. JB or Darcy are on. But uh, yep, Bruce and BT. Uh, you thought based on that commentary alone, you would have thought that it's, it's purely Danger versus Dusty. The whole the, the game. <laughs> It's the one big one. That's a question I want to ask, actually. I don't need if, the other players. If, if tomorrow... Uh, oh, sorry, Matt, you go on. No, I was just going to say, you don't, need, you don't need the other players. Get Dusty on one side, Danger yeah, on the other yeah. side. Well, if tomorrow... If Dusty and Dangerfield run into each other, who gets the free kick? <laughs> or does the Gabba just implode? And, you know, we all go home. Oh, so we'll cover free kick somehow, I reckon. <laughs> Jack Rudolph will be flop. Nick Flossen and Dylan Grimes will be flopping somewhere. Oh, don't get me started. Back on don't, topic. Yeah, don't get me started. I reckon if that happens, the city of Brisbane will cease to exist. It will be swallowed into the black hole that will be created by the force of the impact between those two teams abs- hitting each other. It will be like... It will be like uh, it, will, it will be the equivalent of like an asteroid hitting the Gamma, right? It will be just boom, all that destruction caused by just that collision between those two players. Brisbane will cease to exist as a city. Queensland will cease to exist as a state, thus allowing Labor to win every single federal election from here until the end of time. But moving on, <laughs> um, moving on to the specific questions for both teams, Richmond and for Geelong, will start off with the Tigers. For Richmond, a couple of questions I want to ask you guys. First off, can the Tigers control their discipline? Because, Patty, I think you mentioned one, one particular player in your team who's been very ill-disciplined this final series. All your players have been very ill-disciplined this final series. Absolutely every single one of them. I remember that 50-meter penalty that I think it was Rioli who gave away in that prelim oh, in Adelaide. Sorry. What the heck was that? 
He was over the boundary. Who had to tackle the bloke. It's like, <laughs> what the hell was yeah. he thinking? So, Patty, I'll let you start with this one. Can the Tigers control themselves? They're going to need to. Um, Brisbane had arguably turned the game in the second term where the game was fairly close and contested and then the Tigers marched Lockie Neal 100 metres down the ground, goal, Brisbane up by 12 points into halftime and were never headed from that point onwards. I think they were markedly better against Port Adelaide. The Rioli thing, I think, was just a brain snap. But... Against Brisbane and St Kilda, they were, I think, the, the term was going around like comparing them to the unsociable Hawks, which I don't really like too much. I don't think it's very good. Well, it doesn't serve Richmond very well. But they're going to have to maintain their discipline because the times where they've been caught off guard this year has been when umpiring decisions or the opponents, their opponents have rattled them and they've lost their temperament. And that's when they seem to fall apart a little bit. They cannot allow that to happen. Likewise, Geelong should try their level best to make sure it does happen. Because if you can get Richmond unsettled for 10 minutes, you can probably kick a few goals on them as well. And in shortened quarters, we know how powerful that can be. But I'm going to say that they will be able to, considering how well they adjusted to Port Adelaide in one of the more hostile crowds I've seen in a long time. So fingers crossed as a Richmond supporter that that trend continues. Shamsia, how about in your opinion, will the Tigers get in their own way? I think I'm just going to have to agree with what Paddy said. Um, I... If uh, if Richmond can control, um, you know, their emotions and their anger, I think they'll have a good game. You know, all the odds are against um, the Cats. So if they can control themselves on the footy, on the footy field, I think they'll have a good chance. And, you know, as Patty said, I think this will, if this will give us the opportunity if, if they don't, if they don't discipline themselves, we might have a chance of um, winning. Not that I, not that I think that's the only chance that we have. <laughs> but as Eli said, you know, six goals—that's ridiculous. Like, come on, mate. Just wait. Hopefully, not not six goals. Come on, give me a bit of a hope. I have a certain yeah. to go on. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, uh, hope and being realistic are two different things in this instance. <laughs> Hate to say it, but um, yeah, I'll just continue on and. Um, I think Richmond will be a different outfit um, against Brisbane. I think perhaps they're just a little bit arrogant, um, but they'll learn from that. They'll they'll realise that that probably cost them the game, like like Paddy said. Um, the, that second quarter, you're right on top, especially early days, and we did well to just just hold our hold our defences and barely. Uh, but then I think yeah, that just gave us a bit of a reprieve, and just like the Rioli 50 meter as well. Um, the, the squeeze was on and then that just relieves all the pressure and all of a sudden they haven't even had to dispose of the footy and they're, they're past centre wing and the next kick is inside 50. Um, so, yeah, I think they would have definitely learned from it and they'll realise that any sort of mistake on the day in terms of that's something that's in the player's control. Um, if they do that, then they don't deserve a contract next year because they should realise what's at, what's at stake. And um, But, yeah, you're right. Uh, I think some of the antagonists of Geelong will 
get up and go. I think your Gary Rowans, your Tom Stewart's, um, they're going to be right up and about. So um, Richmond, I, I, I'll be surprised if they, they get sucked in again, but um, very, very possible. Jono? Yeah, yep. It's a, it's a matter of uh, aggression, not stupidity for Richmond. Um, and Geelong can match them on aggression, um, no doubt. Um, but yeah, if, if Richmond do lose their heads, I think that, that opens the door right, right open for Geelong. Um, and they're better than anyone at capitalizing in those situations. So yeah, no, I think it, it will be an aggressive match and, and the, the teams do match up really well against each other and, and it will be a heated battle. Um, but yeah, I, I, and, and like, like we said, the, um, Richmond would have learned, learned from that and, and Dimmer would have been on them the last couple of weeks about it and um you don't want to be the one to give away the 50 meter grand uh, 50 meter penalty in the grand final so um they'll they'll come in knowing that that's not to say that they won't be aggressive and they won't um they won't give it but they'll get it right back geez imagine giving away 50 meter penalty in a grand final but i tell you what if there's one team that is going to do it this saturday night it will absolutely be the tigers I don't know what it is about the Tigers. They just need to they just need to control their anger. Like I get it, right? You can play angry, that's fine, but like just take a chill pill. I don't know what it is. They just need to do meditation before the game and at quarter time, half time. It's the ego getting in the way. Absolutely. Just do like deep breathing exercises. Um I don't know if any of you guys watch Seinfeld, but they just need to say like George Costanza's Father, serenity now, serenity now. You know, if some if a John player comes up and antagonizes them, just say serenity now, serenity now. I watched that episode last night; it was absolutely hilarious. Second question for the Tigers: Can they win a flag away from the MCG and away from the one hundred thousand plus strong Richmond fanatical crowd that they normally have? Shamsi, I'll let you start off with this one. Can the Tigers win it away from the G? We might have an advantage in here as a, as a Cats fan. Um, I think every year that they won, they had the advantage, you know, of, of playing the game, the grand final game at their home ground. So, didn't even thought about this one. Jeez. <laughs> uh, we, I think Geelong might have a better chance of winning um, this game, now that I think about it. Um, we do have great players. Um, in my opinion, we do play well in the wet, um, on the wet field. Um, and the fact that we are hungrier than ever for this game. Um, I just, I, I, not maybe maybe not as a cat fan, but I just I don't I don't see why we wouldn't be able to pull this off. Um, I think we have a an equal chance of winning, uh, just as, as much as the Tigers do. Um, but can the Tigers win? Since it's not in the home grand final, I would say. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe they will give the, the, uh, the chance to the Cats to take the cup. So, and I'm just hoping that they don't. 
but that's entirely based on emotions. Um, and to tip it off with, with the Tigers win, oh, what is it? Maybe, maybe by two goals, maybe they will have a chance. Yeah. Patty, you're 100,000 people down to 30,000 at a mutual ground. Can you do it? I think so. Um, I think the issue of reduced crowds has sort of been solved a little bit as the players spent a few weeks playing without any crowds at all to the season restart. and It's gone progressively up and up since there. So I think they, the crowd factor won't be as crucial. The neutral ground thing, I don't, oh, I don't see it as a massive issue in comparison to a team like Geelong because there's not really a clear advantage given by the ground to either side. Like you could say if, if a game's played, if this was at the MCG and Geelong been playing all their games down at Geelong where the ground's a lot skinnier, which sort of suits their style in comparison to Richmond who like kicking to space a lot more. There's a bit of a difference there, but these guys have been in Queensland all year long. I don't think the ground's going to have too much of an impact. And if it does, I think that's borne down to poor preparation from either side. So I think it's about as clean, if you will, a contest that we'll get between these two sides, which is really exciting, I think. Jono? Yeah, I tend to agree. I think um, removing the, the home crowd factor um, kind of eliminates any of that advantage. Um, it'd be a different story if it was a Brisbane, if Brisbane were in the grand final and they had 30,000 Brisbane supporters behind them. Um, I also feel like if it was a 30,000 person crowd and they were against Richmond, it doesn't really provide much of an advantage because Richmond are already going in as the villains. Um, they're already treating it as an away match. Um, they they weren't up there. They they I think they go up to Brisbane today, so they they weren't even there. Geelong were already there. So, um, in in terms of being used to the ground, um, I don't think it, it plays too much of a factor here. Um, can they win away from the MCG? Yes, they can. So can Geelong. Um, they can win away from Cardinia Park. So. Um, yeah, no, it, and, and like Patty said, it does make it quite exciting when, when you put, put it at a neutral ground um, with a neutral fan base watching. Eli? Yeah, they can absolutely win. Um, don't really buy into the, to the big advantage because um, teams of interstate teams have come to, come to the MCG and, and beat a Melbourne, Melbourne-based team. So just about performing on the night. And yeah, neutral, neutral crowd, neutral ground. Um, definitely makes it a very even contest. Um, something that I'm sure that will never happen for as many years, for many years to come until interstate teams play at the G, um, which I don't mind because well, I love the MCG and it's the home of footy. So um, 
Yeah, I don't think it's a, a big disadvantage for Richmond to not have their fans there because, yeah, as Jonathan said, they're the villains. So they'll, they'll love all the hate. They'll they'll feed off that. And they went to Adelaide Oval, which is one of the more hostile, um, hostile grounds to play at if you're if you're a travelling team. Um, and they did the job. Port Adelaide were fantastic as they have been all season, and they just um, they held on. Sure, you might call it lucky, Casper, but um, they won that game because they scored more and they were better. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's a massive disadvantage to them to not have all those fans and it'll probably be somewhat 50-50 split. There'll probably be more, just as many Brisbane fans there because being in some of the supporter groups, uh, I know a lot of them got uh, tried to get tickets in anticipation anyway. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's a big disadvantage for them. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Now that I think about it, the Tigers did have more scoring shots than Port Adelaide uh, and kicked six more behinds than the power. So, yeah, sure, you know, lucky to win by six points. You're always lucky to win by six points. But they probably should have won by a lot more. So, touche, touche. As a, uh, as a Brisbane fan, do you want Geelong to win because um, they beat you? Or do you want Richmond to win because you don't want Geelong to win? Like, if, just, just thinking, like, if it is a majority Brisbane crowd, who are they going to get behind? Who do they get? Do they get behind the team to beat them, or do they get behind? Um, or do they, yeah, say, no, you guys beat us. We don't want you to win. In the same vote last year, because we lost to Richmond in the qualifying and then GWS in the semi. So um, there was no winners when it comes to picking a side that way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I should probably rephrase that. I don't think it'd be majority Brisbane, but there'll be plenty of them in, in attendance, I'm sure, because, I mean, who I'd love to go to a grand final anyway at the G, and even if my side wasn't playing. But, um, the night that it happened, I just was hoping for a draw in any possible way that no team would win. Um, unfortunately, that's not possible. But, um, yeah, as it's gone on, I think it's... I like to see Geelong win. I've always had a soft spot for Geelong because, I mean, when Brisbane were terrible, I was sort of jumping on their bandwagon. So, um, and it has been, what, nine years since they made the pause by 38 points. So, um, yeah, I would like to see Geelong win. Um, yeah, mostly because Tom Lynch rubbed Alex, Alex Willardin's face in the ground um, somewhat viciously. So, yeah, close game. I'd, I'd love for Geelong to win, but like I said, I can't see it happening. <laughs> I can't see many Brisbane supporters getting behind Richmond for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I think just footy fans in general, to be fair. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'll, I'll agree with you there, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, I was, gonna, I was just about to say, I don't think I can see uh, any any neutral fans really getting behind the Tigers at all. Um, <laughs> I can the Tigers, last year. Yeah, that's true. Can the Tigers can they can they do it? Can the Tigers do it away from the G? Uh why not? They yeah, look, they've been doing it all year, basically away from the MCG. Um some of their worst performances at the start of the year were at the G. You know, an unconvincing win against Carlton, the draw against Collingwood, getting hammered by Hawthorne, which now just seems embarrassing. No offense, MBD. But um, honestly, who gets hammered by the Hawks these days? Um, so yeah, they absolutely can. And technically, technically, they're not that far away from the MCG because the patch of grass at the MCG, the strip of plain surface, is now I think at the Gabba. I think it. I don't. I sure hope it's arrived, uh, considering that yep. the game's only just over twenty four hours away. Um, but yeah, what rubbish that was. Yeah, I. Yeah, not not really 
a great thing. I, you know, can't imagine like all the the money. You see where they put it? No, I didn't wear. It's, it's off the ground, obviously, as the Gabba curators would have made sure of. But it's, it looks like it's, I don't know if it's on the near the bench, but it's just off near the where the fake grass is, where, where the fake grass meets the, the actual grass. It's just completely pointless. <laughs> just, I just couldn't see why they did it. I, I love the MCG, but why? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's just, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Um, let's just hope that the ground's in good condition for tomorrow. Uh, now on to the cats. When I messaged you guys this question, uh, I had just seen the news article that Tom Hawkins, uh, had an illness. Um, however, he has since been named and he was back training with, uh, with the cats yesterday. I had a flashback immediately to last year's grand final with Phil Davis and how the Giants wouldn't confirm or confirmed him, but didn't, you know, it was the, the question marks over his fitness and his health in last year's decider. And I remember Matthew Lloyd talking about it afterwards. Love you, Lloydy. Talking about how that would have been a massive distraction for them on the day and how that should have been, you know, they shouldn't have been warming up Phil Davis in the two hours or three hours before the grand final, still putting him through his paces to make sure that he was okay. And ultimately he had a terrible game, right? As did every single other giant, but lucky Whitfield with his appendix too. Yep. Lucky Whitfield with his appendix. That's very true. Tom Hawkins, will his health be a major distraction slash concern heading into this game? Shamsi, I'll start with you. Um, look, I was very worried when I heard the news too, um, but I think it was yesterday or the day before they confirmed that it's not what we think. So he, he's not tested positive. He, um, the results came and he's all, he's okay. He's back to training. Um, so I don't think he's, you know, his illness will impact the game severely because he even when he was isolating, he was still training. Um, so I don't think he did. He missed much of the training. So I don't think his illness will impact the game. I, well, I sure hope it doesn't. Um, yeah. Patty, how about in your opinion? The Hawkins, uh, look, I think, I think he'll be fine. I think the, biggest thing to come out of this is is really the the scare that everyone got when they're like oh hawkins has got a sniffle here we go 2020 is undefeated um he, he's fine i don't think i think he would have known pretty much from the moment that he tested negative that that was done he had other things to focus on as did the club um grand finals are a different breed of game people are I, I even feel that when they were waiting for the test result, that they were not losing too much sleep over the issue. Jono? Yeah, no, I think it's it's an interesting point you bring up about Phil Davis last year, but I don't think it's the, the same extent. Um, Phil Davis, right up to the, the first, uh, first bounce of the grand final, was going under fitness tests. And Hawkins kind of, he, he passes tests, he isolated, it was all just protocol. Um, I don't think there's any, any, anything too worrying 
about his health and, and he'll, he'll probably had their what, session this morning, probably. Um, he'll be fine. He'll be absolutely fine. He'll, he'll be at his absolute best. Um, I, I don't have any doubt about that. Um, but uh, yeah, knock wood on that one because uh, <laughs> would hate to have jinxed him just then. <laughs> yeah, that's the list thing that we want, Donna. Don't jinx our chance. Eli? Yeah, I think it's a non-factor, really. Um, you know, the, the news would have gone around a few of the boys. They would have known exactly what was happening and um, Hawkins would know. Um, but yeah, Chris Gold would have instilled into all the boys it's like, business as usual um even if he was to go then it'd be a massive blow but someone will come in and try and fill his role so um, obviously they haven't had to do that which is good um but i don't think it affects them at all i if if he's okay and obviously he's okay because he's training with the with the um, rest of the team then honestly it'll be fine if if and i would seriously with the whole covid and the just the health environment at the moment, I'll be shocked if he's training and he's still feeling under the weather. If tomorrow he's still under the weather, it could be playing on the cat's mind. Um, and if Radagalia gets brought in for Tom Hawkins, that raises another question. How prepared is this other Radagalia if he has to step in for Tom Hawkins? Can he be that forward that Geelong needs him to be in preparation? All questions that Geelong needs to consider, but Bigger question for them, in my opinion, is what are they going to do about Dustin Martin? Could be the best player in the field. Could be one of the best players of all time. Will be the best grand final player of all time if he wins the Norm Smith medal. No player has ever won it three times in their career. He's won it twice. If they win it tomorrow, that will be the three-peat for Dustin Martin three out of three times. Patty, I'll start with you on this one. What are they going to do to stop your champion midfielder? It's a difficult one. Um, Richmond have used Martin in a number of ways this year. They've either deployed him. They can deploy him as a full forward, isolate him there, but they've recently pushed him up to the contest to try and get some clearance dominance. It worked against Port Adelaide. So I think when he's in the midfield, you just sit Joel Selwood on him. I think he's their toughest, the Geelong's toughest midfielder. He's going to be able to go all day with Dustin Martin because he's Joel Selwood. The the fact that Martin has so so much strength, uh, such a penetrating kick, and can get through contests so well, is something that you're going to have to live with. The same way that Richmond are going to have to live with the th- the fact that Paddy Dangerfield is ridiculously quick, long kicking, can go forward, take contested marks. He's just a very, very good player. So I think you put Selwood on him in the midfield, make him force Martin to go head-to-head, force him to run the other way at, at when um, when Geelong eventually gets some mid- midfield ascendancy because I think both sides will enjoy some ascendancy during the game. Um, and then when he goes for- forward, that's your issue because he is so strong. We saw him against Port Adelaide just so easily beat Port Adelaide players one-on-one. So who do you put on him? Harry Taylor, but then you worry about Lynch and Rewalt. Do you go with Blitzarves off a wing, but then you lose some running? Do you go with Henderson, Jack Henry, Mark O'Connor, Colin Jasny? Not guys who I don't think can necessarily really stop him. 
I'd say that they will have to be very smart with how they use split subs. Probably, I think we'll see him come down as a sort of defensive winger, spending a lot, of, lot more time crowding Richmond's forward line, just preventing their ability to get a clean take from the contest or a clean mark. They cannot afford for Martin to be isolated one-on-one for long periods of time inside 50. So I look forward to seeing how they go about it, though as a support a crash and burn in the attempt. <laughs> but we'll see. Shamsia, what can Geelong do about Dustin Martin? Um, <clears throat> what can we do? Maybe match, uh, get set him up with, like, I guess, Selwood. You know, he's he's been great for us. Um, or Gaz. I don't really know, to be honest. I just... In my opinion, I just think he's overrated. I think the whole AFL is making a, bis- a big fuss about him. Um, and, you know, putting the other great players of Richmond um, under his shadow. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll be fine with handling Dusty. It'll just be a dust to us, hopefully. That's an unintended um, pun. <laughs> I see what you did there. Nice one. Uh, Eli, how about you? Yeah, first of all, um, when, when you say greatest of all time, I really hope you'd just mean greatest finals player in terms Great, of statistics. Greatest grand final player. Come on, the numbers. Three Norm Smiths, he could win. Yeah, look, let's face it. He could get 11 touches and two goals and still get the Norm Smiths. So um, not going to read too much into that. He should only have one, arguably. But yeah, beyond that, yeah, he's he's going to be damaging at some point. And even, like I said, it only takes him 15 touches and he can have an influence on the game. But um, I don't think there's going to be big focus put into him. Um, you saw against Brisbane in that qualifying final, he was absolutely dominant in the first half and then not much really changed and he didn't do much in the second half. Um, that's just the way he plays. He's inconsistent through games. Um, but then you still look at his body of work. He has uh, had some good uh, output. Um, I'd agree with Pat. I think so. would probably go to him at the contest um, like he did last week to Lockie Neal. Um, he wasn't getting as much of the ball himself. So he, um, as, as all great captains do, they, they're selfless. Um, and he'll probably sacrifice himself a bit to be a, bit, a little bit more defensive, uh, defensively minded. But where I think Dusty's most damaging, he's not going to absolutely destroy you with his inside work and his contested ball. Um, it's just when he spreads from the contest. Um, he, he loves a handball receive and he loves bombing it inside 50. Um, yeah, sure, he's, um, he's, he's quite a neat kick. Uh, he does weight him quite well, um, especially in the good conditions to uh, leading Lynch and Rewell. But... Um, that's when he's going to be the most uh, damaging. So um, I, I, I don't think it'll be a hard tag because, yeah, Geelong's just going to do what they want to do um, and then um, just work on him in the meantime. So if they can just limit his, uh, his spread and his handball receives, uh, the amount that he, that he gets, um, I think that's all you really have to do when he's in the midfield. But um, like Pat said, when he goes forward and if they do isolate him for periods at a time, uh, once he gets to ground, he will be damaging. Um, that's why... Yeah, it, they could put any of those players to him. Um, Harry Taylor, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, he won't be able to go with him in terms of speed, but if they're going to be... It depends on how Richmond's moving it forward. If they're kicking it long, 
uh, through the contest, uh, sort of static uh, movement inside 50. Um, Taylor will be a good one because one-on-one he's probably strong enough and let's face it, he's just a wizard. I thought he was a veteran in 2007, but turns out he was pretty young then. So um, Cole Jasney's one that could go with him, probably not as strong. You saw Dusty just bully Burn Jones last week. Um, so yeah, they're going to look at that strength factor, but um, he's just going to do what he does. And I agree, he's, he is a little bit overrated, I think, um, but he, he can still be so, so damaging um, getting the ball so few times. So it, he won't be a focus. He'll be just another facet of the game that Geelong will try and try and work towards. Um, so yeah, but if you got the Norm Smith again, kudos to him, but um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there I'll, before I say anything too slanderous. <laughs> <laughs> Jono, let you have the last word of this podcast, uh, or at least for this yeah, question, I should say. I think the uh, <clears throat> the good thing for Richmond is that they're not relying on him to win the game. Um, they're, they've got a lot of other players um, now, especially, that can, can be that X factor, and they're, it's a team full of X factor. Um, in terms of who will go to Dusty... I don't think it will, it will be Joel Selwood. I think he'll have his hands full with uh, Trent Cotchin, Shane Edwards, those kind of players that will play on the ball for the whole game. Um, if there was a player to go with him that can go with him, I'd be looking at guys like Cam Guthrie. Um, can definitely match him um, <clears throat> on engine, can, can run with him all, all match if he has to. Um, the, the problem for DeLong is if he does go forward and starts racking up the possessions in, inside 50, um, then you have to look at it. Um, because as soon as you put someone on him, like a, um, a Harry Taylor, then that opens up someone else for Richmond. Harry Taylor's gone to Dusty, then who's on um, Lynch and Rewalt? Um, and, and yes, Geelong have the, those other tall defenders that, that can do it, but where would you want, where would you prefer to have Harry Taylor? Um, <clears throat> so yeah, if, 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 if you do want a hard tag on Dusty, I'll, I would put someone like Guthrie on him. Um, and and see how that plays out and always be ready to adjust because that's what Richmond are going to do. They're going to adjust. Um, and that's what they do with Dustin Martin, especially. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't think he's the biggest factor going in the game. Um, I don't think he's the, the match winner in this one, but he, he can cause a problem for Geelong. Definitely. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be very interesting to see what they do with Dustin Martin. It should be a fascinating grand final matchup. Yeah. The third time in history that Geelong and Richmond will play each other. The Tigers won in 1967, and Geelong won in 1931. So technically, all those people, all those people who want, <laughs> all those people who want a best of three series, this is technically a best of three series stretched over 89 years. So it's gonna be very interesting indeed to see who's going to come out on top. The Tigers or Geelong, thank you so much, Shamsia, Paddy, Jono, and Eli for joining me. And for Shamsia and Paddy, wish you both the best of luck. Hopefully it's a good grand final for, uh, for neutral supporters like Jono, Eli, and myself. Thanks, Gaspar. Great Cheers, chatting Gaspar. Thanks, Gaspar. Appreciate it. And thank you, dear listener, for listening to this episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casmo Cloud. Hope you have an excellent grand final weekend, wherever you're watching around the world. And until next time, farewell. Farewell.